Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast for two sisters living in different parts of the country, talk with family and friends about our favorite films growing up. Um, so I'll let Eleanor introduce our movie and our guests today. So the movie we'll be talking about today is Mulan, and our guests today are Mary and Jason, who are currently in San Francisco, but just a few weeks ago, they were in Los Angeles, and so I got to, like, harass them into being on the podcast, so it's pretty awesome that it's worked out. But Mary and Jason, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Sure, yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Um, This is Mary. Um, Annie and Eleanor and I go way back to the middle school halls of the Willows Academy, um, so it's so great that we've Eagle stayed sore. such good friends throughout these years and love following both of your adventures. Um, I just relocated to San Francisco after living in New York so for a couple years. So I, um, encourage to move out to West Coast, Best Coast, and uh, that's where, where I am now. And Jason, how about you? uh, Hey, this is Jason. Uh, Thank you and Eleanor for having uh, us on. Um, I have been living in San Francisco for a little over a year. Very happy that Mary moved out here to uh, um, in San Francisco. Pleasure of meeting Eleanor just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I guess this is our first time meeting each other oh, and have so you've never met yeah um, no i've never met jason oh i didn't realize that yeah so i'm stoked this is like a virtual meeting of the realest kind and we will now be best friends that's, exactly that's how it works <laughs> that's how it works uh, okay so before we get into like the deep discussion of the movie annie do you want to introduce our first segment um, yes, I'm sorry, my brain's kind of all over the place. I would love to introduce our first segment. When we start our podcast, we talk about um, something from pop culture this week that we really, really like. And so um, we will go around and each say something that we really enjoyed. So Eleanor kind of knows mine. I'm just going to jump in because I've been like waiting for this. So Eleanor kind of already knows mine because I've kept sending her things, particularly over Instagram. But I don't like country music. Like, I don't. It's not my thing. I don't really like any country singers. But I have fallen in love with Thomas Rhett Atkins' family. Not even his music. I don't even care about his music. His family is so cute. And he just adopted this, like, little one who's, she must have, like, just turned two. Maybe she's still one from Uganda. And then, like, two months later, his wife gave birth to their own, like, baby. So they have two kids under two. And they are just adorable. And they make me really happy. Yeah, Annie sent me this song. (laughs) I think it's called, like, Life Changes or something like that. And it's, like, very clearly in her wheelhouse. But it's also... It's very country in that it's autobiographical and describes truly everything that has happened in this boy's life to present day, which is kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll do check on that. Oh, Annie will, like, lambast you with it so it works out. Here, I can send it to you right now. Do you Spotify, Mary? Spotify, yep. Okay, send it to you right now. 
Annie's all on top of it. Awesome. Okay, how about you guys? What have been your big things of the week? Um, well, I spend less of my days paying attention to that sort of stuff now. Um, but I did see, I don't know if you guys heard about the sand hostel that was built in Australia in the Gold Coast. Um, the tourism department decided that it would be a great idea to thousand pounds of sand to build a pop-up hostel. Okay. And uh, um, it only lasted three days, so we've already missed it. But uh, they were entirely made of sand and bamboo to actually support the structure. And right on the beach. And it was something like $7 a night available for three nights. So if you wanted to go to bed and walk with your toes in the sand, that was, you missed your opportunity. I mean, here's the thing. I don't actually think I'd like that. Like, I really don't. I think I'd wake up and be like, ugh, I'm dirty. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh. Alternatively, I think I would enjoy that. (laughs) I would hate it. Also though, maybe I could do it. I will, I really want to look out and see what this looks like because I, I feel like I have slept outside on the stand before. So part of me is like, why would I even pay $7 a night? It's hard to tell. This is definitely takes to a whole other level. I think they spent like a month building it. Um, for three days. Fascinating. Okay. I'll need to look into it. Ugh, Jason, how about you? <laughs> Still good. Uh, I suppose this isn't as pop culture related or as uplifting, but a lot of natural disasters these days. Oh my gosh, yes. So many. Yeah, the one in spe- specifically that I was thinking about this week is the one that hit Puerto Rico. I'm just so interested mm-hmm. about uh, how they're treated as a territory and not a state of the U.S., and how the hurricane basically just wiped out the entire country, the entire, or sorry, the entire territory. Mm-hmm. It's all flooded. There's no power on the entire in the entirety of it, and I think the damage has been estimated at something like ten percent of their GDP, mm-hmm. which is absurd. Well, and, it was and like, so, in a way, uh, it was so problematic because they were facing major bankruptcy as a territory. So it yeah, exactly, and they had already given in to a lot of the a lot of the lenders, and so the thought is that this is just. Except I suppose the opposite of that. Poison on the cake. Yeah. And then it is the sense is like, what will be America's role? What will be America's response? And what does it mean, this idea of the concept of territory? Yeah. And one of some of our some of our my former students are Puerto Rican and I was texting one of them yesterday or two days ago, and it's just challenging because she hasn't they have lost all communication. She has no idea how her grandparents are. And then, like, you think about what even happened in Florida and the fact that this, uh, so many of the senior citizens died because they couldn't get access to, to services. And it's just this, like, constant fear. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the American response is in Puerto Rico. I'm also nervous that it won't be anything. Right. That's what I kind of feel. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen. Um, 
but it's been so much these last few weeks. Ugh. Um, for me, my pop culture-ish news item, things I've enjoyed this week, I've gotten really bad, strongly back into young adult literature, and I just read this book called Solo by Kwame Alexander um, that really stuck with me because it's about, it's an interesting story, and it's like told in poetry about this boy whose dad is like a famous washed up rocker who's in and out of rehab and he like hates his life but then he finds out he's adopted so he like goes to Ghana to find his birth mother um but it was also I liked the idea that I could finish the entire story in an hour and a half so I think that was part of the reason I enjoyed it so much love a love a good book (laughs) where you're like in and out how long is it um are you a really are you a really fast reader, it or is. is it a? I'm a really book? fast reader, but it was also it was like a book that's probably in its print edition, like 356 pages. But there's like some pages that only have like 27 words on them. You know what I mean? That's fine. That's, gotta love it. Gotta quick love read. It. Quick. Read. Okay. Yeah. So we are gonna jump into um, our main discussion of the movie Mulan today. So, Mary and Jason, would you guys be able to give us a brief synopsis of Mulan? Uh, so, just, you know, maybe a haiku, a song and dance number, really whatever you guys want. I think I can field that one, Mary. Uh, but I, I, I don't think I have a haiku prepared, <laughs> or, nor a song and dance. Although there's a lot of singing and dancing in the movie. Because I can describe some songs and dances. Uh, it's, um, it's a Disney movie. It's an animated movie, um, created in the late nineties. So came out right during our formative years. And, um, it's the story of a, a Chinese woman who very selflessly takes place the, the the men of her neighborhood are being conscripted into um, a war against the Huns. And so um, her, her father had already fought in a previous war and was injured, and he was um, relatively elderly. And so she took um, his place in heroic fashion, uh, dressed up as a man, and enlisted in the army. And goes on to save all of China and win the emperor's praise. And, the and bring honor to the family. Yeah, and falls in love with her captain. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All the I think one of the things I love is that it's not... I don't know that it's, it's even categorized as like a Disney princess movie, but it's so different in that are not like she's not just some restless adolescent who's looking for adventure she's not obsessed with some that she's pursuing like she's actually trying to spare her father and uh, you know win honor for her family to save a country so I think that's really what makes it just stand out from from a lot of the other Disney movies of this era yeah. So, Mary, that, that leads me to a question. Would you sacrifice yourself for Papa Kenny, for Coach? 
Oh man. I mean, I think I would do just about anything for coach. He has <laughs> literally, he, he is a man who never says no. He's, he's That's true. just too great. Yeah. So That's selfless great. that I, um, I would be honored to do to risk my life for him. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that the order in which I would think the conscription should go would be certainly <laughs> then Chris, Mike, Liz, and then Mary. And so I think we've got a couple more. There's a couple before you get to me. A couple other Kenny siblings. <laughs> to be candidates for our Papa Kenny. For I like that Jason yeah. thought this out, though. Be like, mm, I don't know about this. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if Papa Huntington was going to be conscripted, like, we'd obviously force Teddy to do it. Um, yeah. But... I actually, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm actually pretty sure that, like, if I was in the army, and now this isn't to say that women aren't strong. It's just, like, me personally. I think if they put one of those backpacks on my back, I would just end up on the ground, like, flailing like a bug in water. Like, I just don't think it would end well. So. But I think the goal is that you would become stronger. I mean, the whole purpose of the song, I'll Make a Man Out of You focuses on how Mulan was inept into how she becomes a well-trained warrior. So you could right. truly Mulan in that moment. No, but she doesn't have back problems. She doesn't have previously <laughs> acquired back problems. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get into pre-existing conditions in healthcare. Excellent. <laughs> All the things. Okay, can we talk for a moment, though? Okay. I want us to each say our favorite characters because one of my favorite things about this movie is that there are so many characters who I think have like an emotional kind of bend to them. Like there, it's not just Mulan, like there's all these others. And I mean, I would say that my favorite character, like kind of hands down is Mushu. And I love that like Eddie Murphy was in a children's movie because I mean, he's not super child friendly in a lot of his other movies. Um, but he played Mushu so wonderfully. And it's like, he's by far my favorite character. I think he's yeah. so funny. He's hilarious. Yeah, I, we're huge Eddie, Eddie Murphy fans. We actually just watched Beverly Hills Cop last weekend. Yeah, very different movie from, from Mulan. Very different. but And then also a lot of Eddie Murphy. But yeah, it's, he's someone that I would never have did to be Mushu. But he owns it. I mean, he's just of so many one-liners and just like add so much um to the the general plot and all the subplots along with it um he, he's probably my favorite um Lon's grandma too yeah. i know she's not super present throughout the movie but she just like keeps it real i love it i love it she just she okay makes can i tell known for sure I stole Jason's favorite, so he's... We were talking about this yesterday, <laughs> and I gave Mary a couple of my highlights from the movie, and they were all the grandma, and I have a sinking feeling in my belly that she stole that from me just now. <laughs> Feel the moat. You can share it. What's your favorite scene with grandma? Well, in the very end, when the, you know, the hunky captain comes back... Oh, yeah ask for Mulan's hand in, like, a relationship, Grandma is the first one who sees him. 
and she's just like jaw drops. Um, her jaw drops at, at, at when she sees him. And then, so what are the lines? The lines are um, when he walks past. When he walks past the grandma, it says to the mom, "Sign me up for the next war." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is pretty <laughs> awesome. And then Mulan said, "Mulan asks him if he wants to stay for for dinner or something." And Grandma. Yeah, is like, do you want to stay forever? I love it. Yeah. So Eleanor can um, affirm this. While we were traveling in India, one of the things I probably spent the most money on <laughs> were these jade, this jade bead necklace it, that we found in the Himalayas. And yeah. really, the only reason I got it, I mean, it is beautiful. It's like great. But like every time I wear it, I sing beads of jade, yeah. beauty, <laughs> and I just like I can't not. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, yeah. Because every time I put it on, yeah. Uh, the grandma is such a strong character. There's so much. There's so much. I mean. What was interesting, even weirdly enough today, I too had a discussion about Mulan unrelated to the podcast at all, because one of my, my boss's five-year-old daughter was in the office because she was off of school for Rosh Hashanah, and so she was in, and then we like play the whole day, we put on Disney music and sing along while I do work, and she colors, it's great, um, and we were talking about Mulan, and she like is obsessed with Mushu, and she was telling me all about how he really wanted to be a fighter, and so that's why he had to take care of Mulan so that he could get back to being a fighter. And I thought that was a really interesting way of interpreting the ancestors, because obviously, like once I pieced it together, she was referring to like the circle of ancestors, and the ancestors are so good. There's just so many good parts to this movie. Cause yeah. Part of the reason I enjoy the ancestors so much is because I love this song at the end that was 98 the 98 and Stevie Wonder please. and they dance around to it. It's excellent. <laughs> yeah, it is. I like the guy who's holding his head. Oh yeah, the ancestor. Oh yeah, got it from your side of the family. <laughs> I think we also have to talk about. Um, the friends that Mulan makes in camp because they are awesome. And yeah. I would almost argue feminist, you know, like I think that by the end of the, the movie, we can call these three men true feminists. And the fact that like they are supporting Mulan in her, you know, endeavor yeah. to save China. And, and I mean, I also think it's interesting because in yeah. the movie, Disney kind of pushed the envelope by having them be cross-dressers at the end, you know? Like, well, also that comes into the fact that Mulan herself had cross-dressed the entire movie. Oh. Like, that didn't even... <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. I think those, the three friends that she makes in training camp, they go through, like, a huge transformation from, like, sort of, like, the stereotypes of masculinity um just like only men can be strong only men can be warriors and then even there's the song where they're talking about their singing about their ideal wives and the only things that matter to them are that she's beautiful and she can cook mm -hmm. yeah that they 
about. So then to see them coming through at, in the end for Mulan when they know her secret and they still have her back, I think that's really where it speaks to. It starts to, you see more of that, like, feminist, um, like, really coming to culmination in the end. Mm. I'll make a man out of you the way that they speak about there like you definitely it, it's it's confusing i think some of the messaging throughout the movie but yeah it's a little bit clear in the end i think the album is great in that it subverts it a little bit and that their army of men singing this i'll make a man out of you song meanwhile the one person who's advancing the most is the woman who is secretly a, uh, sorry the man who's secretly a woman and she's the one who shows the most improvement and at the end does performs the task of retrieving that arrow that none of the men can perform. A little bit one of those things where it's like, okay, everyone may outwardly be thinking and, or saying that men are the strongest, but you have this example of a woman who beats them all. Right. But I mean, I don't think that, so like, uh, yeah, the messaging is, is confusing because if you think about the lyrics to I'll Make a Man Out of You, and I love that song, like love it. Yeah. Like it will be played at my wedding, like obsessed. But it is a whole song about how being a man is being as strong as a coursing river, so you know, and being a man, being as swift as. I think you're arguing, Sorry? The, you're arguing the same point because that means it's about the construction of gender. So, right. and I think there is like a, there's a criticism in it in that, like, uh, I'm blanking on the name of like BD Wong's character. And I think it's also interesting too, because the voice of, I, what is his name? The captain. Captain. I'm finding it right now. I have IMDb yeah, open. Making me really. Um, Shang? Yeah. No. It's Shang. Yeah. Shang. So it's interesting, too, because, like, if you think more deeply about the gender politics surrounding it, so B.D. Wong was the, was the speaking voice of Captain Shang. And he, not only was he particularly in 1998 when this movie came out, one of the, I would say, preeminent, serious um, Asian-American actors, but also, like, he was he's very openly gay. And I think that is interesting, too, if we, like, and then all of that is to be said, like, intentionally. Um, so, and I think that there's that into it. And gender con construction in this is will be interesting no matter what. Because so the Mulan character, I know, was in Once Upon a Time, the television show. Is that what it's called, Once Upon a Time? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Jamie, Jamie. Yes, and she's Korean-American, I think. Um, Jamie Chung. And, but I yeah. I don't know the show well, but I am aware that, like, they made her character bisexual in that. And it'll be interesting to see in the, the upcoming live-action movie that they're making of Mulan. You know how they're redoing all the animated movies as live-action? How they'll handle gender and sexuality in that film. Because, yeah. Yeah, and it's a pretty progressive director do, directing that film, too, so we'll see. Because it's Nikki Well, Kiro. so I was just looking at the cast list for Mulan, and it's interesting to me that so few of them are of Asian descent. Yeah. Like, 
you know, like so many of the actors who are these voices. I mean, you have Mr. Miyagi, who voices the Emperor, which is pretty cool. But Harvey Fierstein. Very... What? Harvey Fierstein was one of the side characters. Well, for the singing, you have Ming Na, who was really famous for Joy Luck Club. Then you have um, Leah Salonga, who was a singing voice, and she's like essentially the most famous. Asian singer in America. We'll see. We shall see. <sighs> but yes. The casting is interesting. But then the I the, I don't know the casting as well for the upcoming live version. They announced who it was gonna I be heard that though. Oh really? But there's no songs, right? Yeah, will no, not have no song. but it's a pretty serious story, so I wonder if that's why they're doing it like that. Well, so, I mean, I always thought it was interesting teaching seventh grade social studies because you learn about, like, the real Mulan, like, where this story comes from. And there really was some a woman in ancient China who dressed up to be in a war. So it's, like, an actual story. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that until Jason and I were. But the, the name they use in the Disney movie isn't even the same. She was Hua, Hua Mulan. Yeah. Instead of yeah. That. <laughs> so that could be Mulan. translation thing. Yeah. The epic poem about her is like pretty excellent. If anyone gets a chance to read it. Oh, it's great. I have not have you read it. I haven't read it. I've had it told to me. It's uh yeah, it's cool. I mean it's all on the same lines. I mean there are multiple versions because anything that old ultimately mm -hmm. just becomes legend and just gets conflated many different ways. Uh, it's inevitable, but the, at least the versions that I heard are pretty uplifting. She spends a lot more time, I guess, in the movie. They only have time to explore her thing and then fighting one battle. Mm -hmm. But I think in reality... I hope there's... At the end of the at the end of the story, all of her you know male friends from army are to be her friends, which is pretty progressive, I think, uh, for you know circa century. Yeah. Okay. No, it is. I mean, it's a fascinating, fascinating story. Uh, like in thinking about how. Or why was this selected as an adaptation? Because you had the sense when this movie was coming out that it was Disney was selecting this um, to represent a geographic region and opening up box office. Realistically, that was like also as, as much as we'd like to be like, idealistically, they want to provide representational examples for all different types of people. Um, it's also they wanted to open up the Chinese box office. Um, so we have yeah. that element of it, but then, uh, yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting to see movie. how the Mulan that comes out in 2019 does with that. Ah, all right. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it, but I, I am a little bit worried. I am going to really miss the music. And there was a moment in, like, the the adaptation of Beauty and the Beast where I got, like, super upset because... 
they played the melody of this song from the Broadway version and then they didn't sing it. <laughs> I got so upset. So I have a feeling that oh. during this Mulan movie, I'm going to be hearing, like, I'm sure that they'll use like part of the score. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and it's just going to make me upset. Like, okay. Also talking about the CD, I don't know why. I have no idea why, but the score that plays behind when they finally like burn down. It is just iconic to me. And I can't even tell you why. <laughs> like, it comes, I play Disney movie scores in my classroom. And when that song comes on, I'm like, oh my gosh, whoa. It's so funny. Yeah, the music is phenomenal. It is. So good. Okay, friends. Well, as we begin to wrap up here at Good Film Hunting, our question is um, the relevance of the film today. Yes. Like, do you think kids today should watch it? And if so, why? And if not, why? I think the first thing that comes to mind as far as relevance is just ties back to Mulan's like intense respect for her family and honoring them. And I think that's still obviously a very important lesson to be instilled in young children or just at a young age. Families first and family is really important. Yeah. Without question. I think, I think uh, I would imagine that for many kids, this might even be their first major exposure to Eastern culture. And I think it's done in a very, good way i think it's done in a tasteful way and i think it's done in a way that's actually pretty pretty uh thoughtful and true to what eastern culture really is well and to that point, that's for yeah no and that's you and then to that point the the disney research team spent a lot of time in beijing in particular when they the artistic team spent time there to kind of emulate the style and you, I think you see that a lot in the art, particularly what always stands out to me about Mulan the credits. is the opening credits and how the tra the transition from the writing to uh, a pictorial image of the wall, uh, the, the landscape wall of China, like that that was very intentional. Um, and I, what I love about that in this movie overall is that it is this idea of this, sorry, it is this idea of trying to uh, communicate different cultural values. And Mulan does it so well. And this is a story for another day, but Jason, I hope you have never seen Mulan too because it is the most offensive movie <laughs> known to mankind. I haven't seen it. No, you should never. It's so have it. It, is, it is honestly, it's somehow like it attempts to be like pro-women, but it's like offensive. And at the same yeah. time, it is imperialist in a way that like Mulan, even though it is a Disney feature, isn't is not like it essentially just like shits on like every Eastern value like in a way that's so disturbing. Because one of our I remember teaching and one of our students who was like Vietnamese American was like, hey, like can we watch Mulan too? And then so my co-teacher and I, who's Filipino American, we watched it. We're like, this is garbage. I can't believe anyone watches this. It's horrible. Uh, it's no one should see it. No one should see it. We will not no, see it. Never. I mean, like, I would say if you want, like, a really bad drinking game, like, may, like you know what I mean? If you have, like, the worst day at work and you're like, 
I need to get like messed up real fast. Mulan too. <laughs> that that would be like when I would say it's appropriate. That is so funny. Um, okay, so I agree with Eleanor's um, judgment of Mulan too. It's like truly terrible. Uh, but Mulan, I think is a great movie and I think it teaches girls in a great way that like they can be strong and like physically strong and emotionally strong. Um, and I just started a strong woman book club at my school and it's like, it was the best 45 minutes of my week, like to have sixth, seventh and eighth grade girls just like excited about being women. And we asked them to draw what they thought a strong woman looked like and every single one of them wrote like both physically and emotionally and like mentally strong which I was so glad that they saw that that like those are three separate things but you can be strong in different ways and yeah I just I think it's great because she's all of those right like and she but you also see her grow in all those ways like I feel like at the beginning she's like emotionally kind of closed off and like she doesn't want to fall in love or get married or whatever and then by the end she like kind of opens the door you know and like even it's like incremental but beautiful annie it's good i'm gonna talk about my strong woman book club all the time okay and so for (laughs) our final segment if you go anywhere in the world where would it be and why Stuff. There are a lot of places I haven't been. So my ch- during my childhood, all of my international travel was uh, going back and forth between the U.S. and China. And so I'd like to go a lot of places in Europe to, to see what it's like. And so I know Mary and I have recently been talking about going to somewhere in Spain or northern Italy. That might be the next destination. Oh, my goodness. That'll be really cool. Yes. Um, for me, mine's a little bit random, but a place that I, for a really long time, just one of those, like, Sussex is, um, Crater Lake in South Central Oregon, Crater Lake National Park. That's awesome. Like a, basically, like, fried volcano. Um, that's the deepest lake in the United States. I think the ninth deepest lake in the world. Um, but it's just like this beautiful, like crystal clear blue lake, um, with, you know, inside of a volcano. So I actually attempted to go there a couple of years ago. Um, cause June is, or early summer is supposed to be the best time to go. And, um, it was snowing like a snowstorm in middle of June. So unfortunately the visibility was about 0%. So although I was technically there, it was certainly not the experience that I was imagining it would be. So I would love to just yeah, warp at any moment just to get a real glimpse of it. And Well, and now you're so close. Like, relatively speaking, you're very close. Yeah. It's a lot more feasible now that I'm on the West Coast. For sure. Um, okay. So if I could go anywhere in the world right now, I think I would go to, I would want to like hike 
in the Grand Canyon. I was like just cleared to hike today, but like not huge inclines. So I would love to like be at the top of the Grand Canyon and to be walking on the top of it because it would be level, but beautiful. So the Grand Canyon. Oh, I like it. For me, the right now I would say I just got a postcard from my friend Haley who was was in Russia and she sent me I'll like show you guys so these are apparently something that are only at Lake Bacall and they're called baby nerpas (laughs) n-e-r-p-a and I like really want to see if she's lying to me because this feels fake (laughs) so that is where I want to go I love it that is so funny. They're pretty freaking cute. Yeah, Nerpas. Um, it's just a great name. So that's where I would go. But this is where we have to bid adieu to our two guests, Mary and Jason. Thank you so much for Thanks, taking guys. the time to talk with us about Milan. This is when we have like so many feelings about that we could return to at any moment. And part of me wants to eventually have a drinking game with the two of you where we watch Mulan 2 and then podcast about all of our thoughts and feelings. <laughs> that sounds like the most fun. We should that make that happen. <laughs> we would have Drink too many. Oh my gosh. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. We will talk to everyone soon. And for our Good Film Hunting listeners, you can find us on mostly Instagram, but also Facebook, sometimes through email and never through Twitter because we're terrible at it. (laughs) But thank you so much. So true. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Bye.